0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to the producers. This is a great episode. This is Patrick Allen. He is a uh, a wonderful person. Uh, he's also my 201 TA. Um, I've seen him do some shows. He's super funny, and he was a great guest. Um, yeah, so uh, his plugs uh, come in a different form. Uh, I'm going to quote him on this one. He says, Support local theater, support live music. Uh, Shout outs, plugs for his musician friends. The Concussion Theory, uh, Inquiry, uh, Jeremy White, and then, you know, as we always do, we plug The Coalition, uh, at RBA Comedy. I also want to plug our show, uh, Producers Cast Everything, at Gmail, uh, also at, for Twitter and Instagram, and then the website is ProducersCast.com. But if you're listening, then you've already downloaded, Um, but give us uh, any love you want. Um, Without further ado, here is Patrick Allen. Comfortable. Oh. There's like sun right in my face.
1: Oh no. So do you do a lot of video editing? Um do you game? Oh, we got the PS4 set up here, so (laughs) you do.
0: Yeah, I um I haven't been playing much Mm -hmm. uh, in the past couple months just because I really wanted to focus on these other creative endeavors. Yeah. Um so I took a break. And I actually committed to not buying some of the big games that are coming out, Destiny Two. Like, yeah, Destiny One. I no liked for the first like six months. Uh,
1: yeah. I didn't. I was like unimpressed. It's Years, by the way, what? That's damn. damn you're right. it's
0: so professional. Do it right.
1: What can I say? Uh, yeah. I was like seven. I'm not gonna drop sixty bucks and get a new gen console for a seven point five you know, <laughs> out of ten on everyone's list. <laughs> Like, fuck that, you know? I feel you, I feel you. Yeah.
0: I, um, I don't know. I, um, I like games. I like my friends who game. Yeah. I just, uh, really want to invest in myself and not playing games and going to a show on Saturday night is much preferred. Mm-hmm. And so, um, me yeah. and my friend Tom actually did a lot of, in the ways of video editing. We tried to see how it could go, putting out regular videos, and it was very stressful and... hmm I like doing editing, but having to fit this arbitrary schedule on all this was just too much, and with the editing we were doing, I wasn't really... It became monotonous. It was just like, let's cut and switch between uh, Rocket League viewpoints or something. So it was fun, and I loved working with him and recording it, but, like, solo editing was just not... (sighs) Solo editing for no money and no, like... No challenge it was not fun. Like, the, the, the when I could do a little bit of animation or I could throw a funny thing, like, that was the fun part. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I do love doing the editing. I'm actually going to do editing this episode. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I am. Um,
1: Dope. I'm pretty into it. That's awesome. I, uh, yeah, I have to on everything. Picks. But uh, what's so, I don't know if we even got, what do you do for your job right now? I you do, do the the thing where you pre- you look at the numbers and you hate it. Yeah, yes. pretty much. That, that, <laughs>
0: that's my official job description. Yeah, um, that's on the uh, that's on that was on the application. Nice. Yeah, I, I just do data QA, and I'm hoping to go and do better data QA. I'm wait, I'm as of now I'm waiting to hear back. So yeah, I should hear back sometime the next. Who knows? They're probably just like taking their time.
1: How long have you had this job?
0: Since January.
1: Okay. Did you graduate recently or uh, last year? Last year. Yeah. So 2016. Mm-hmm. May
0: 2016. May 2016, and then I moved to Richmond.
1: From where? New Orleans.
0: What? Why did you leave New Orleans for Richmond? <laughs> what are you doing? Because I didn't have anything there. I just, like, my, my, my long-term girlfriend and I had just broken up. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, I didn't have a job. I didn't I didn't really have friends. My family was in Virginia, so, like... And then, actually, the the, the breaking point was my car got towed, and I had to pay, like, 500 bucks. Yeah, and so I right. got back, and I, like, called my mom and yelled at her, and... The, conversation ended with me being like I'm moving to, to Virginia like fuck this place and so I was gone in a month wow and then now I'm here and it's like damn it's a little bit better i mean it's um it's, it's interesting the, mm-hmm. the, the the correlation and the similarities and stuff like that but oh, like I believe it, yeah
1: having
0: having the improv has really changed the game mm-hmm. having the theater meeting like all of my friends are from meeting at the theater and so like I I just want to get as involved as possible because it's been so good so far. Good. And so that's kind of the um, that's kind of my goal.
1: No pressure on me and Bob then to not ruin it for you.
0: I mean, I took a class with Patrick, so I mean, there's no way. (laughs) I love Patrick, but I feel like he is um he's a he's a diehard. He he will be doing improv forever. Hmm. And so if he couldn't ruin it for me, then that then I'm meant for it. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: No, I get that. I get that. I yeah, I had a similar experience. My one on one teacher was a guy named um uh Zach Arnold, who I think passed away like a couple, three years ago now, but he was just a sweetheart and everyone loved him and he did a lot of short form stuff at comedy sports. Mm-hmm. and uh and then he was with our theater too. And that was five years ago when he taught my class, my one oh one. So not the same age as a little bit a couple you're couple years difference between when I started improv and in mm-hmm. and your and lifetimes kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, it's so much fun, and the community is pretty solid here, especially I've, I've from noticed. what I've compared, yeah. like, from uh, other places. And it's not as, like, cutthroat as um, New York or Chicago or L.A., where people are, like, trying to make it. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, they do improv because they kind of have to. Yeah or because someone might be in the crowd that yeah. can see them mm-hmm. and then, you know, you just kind of lose the whole reason why you're doing it.
0: The the, so. the, the for the sake of the art kind of thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Staying in the moment. Yeah. That's what you got to do.
0: That's one of the things that Patrick kind of instilled in me because like, I think I, I have that mentality already mm-hmm. but at the same time it's easy to lose that and so honoring the scene... And challenging yourself to do better for the sake of the art,
1: because
0: yeah. I mean, even after our, my showcase, Patrick and I got a beer, and it was just like, he he could talk about improv all day, and he said that, and he was he was right, mm-hmm. like we, and he knew he knew there was this one scene I heard about on a podcast, and he knew it, and I was like, how obscure could this be? Like, holy cow, like you, you know everything, so like, boy, that was very inspiring to to. Do it for the art and like really appreciate it, and I think that's one of the, that's one of the things I'm trying to do. But then also make friends and meet people. Like that's always been a struggle, mm-hmm. especially moving around as much as I have. Like so, while I'm doing that, I'm also trying to do the kind of art thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that that's I don't want to say it's been a challenge, but that's something I've been trying to be mindful of and make sure that when I'm in class, I am paying attention. But I'm also having fun. It's, right, it's a balance.
1: It is a fucking balance, dude. I mean. Oh Jesus! My first one-on-one class, I thought I bombed so badly. I was beside myself. I was just like at the showcase. Uh, At my one-on-one showcase, yeah. I was just like, guys, I'm never doing this again. I can't go through this again. Like, if I have another night like this, like I just don't want to feel this way ever again. Um, And for many years of my life, and still now, you know, people don't really change that much. We. Habits yeah. change. Uh, you do what you can to work with your your flaws. Very self-critical. Very, like, uh, in my own head about things. Uh, definitely beat myself up a lot about things. Get anxious about stuff. And, you know, in that first one-on-one class, there were times where I thought, sweet, I'm doing great. You know, maybe I'm one of the best people here. But then I would just fall on my face and I'd be like, no, nah, I suck. I should stop doing this. This is terrible. I'm so embarrassed, you know, that kind of thing.
0: That's interesting, because, like, mm. I mean, obviously you had to come from somewhere. Yeah. But you are a very talented performer. Thank you. And so, like, I'll say it is inspiring to see someone say, like, when I first started, I wasn't one, I didn't think I'd ever do it. And so then now you're...
1: Well, I I just was, I, I jumped in because it felt similar to certain things I had done before, which, like, uh, the environment of the class felt like the like youth group environment I had when I was in high school and middle school where everyone was super open it was just about being there being present having a good time being there for each other kind of thing it felt like that yeah. so i was like cool i'll latch onto this and then the performance aspect <clears throat> of it is was the big like hurdle yeah okay. because i hated being like on stage or in front of people and having to do something and it's taken me 5 years to well, not five years. It, it helped that I got on a team. I was doing a lot of improv. It helped that I started playing in a couple of bands and uh, getting out on the stage a lot more. And that's when I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm doing this now. <laughs> so like that whole stage fright, anxiety, fear thing doesn't exist anymore. Or, or if it did, it's in some other form. You know, and I can do this thing now and I'm good at it. So now, and last year I transferred into the acting program at VCU, so now I'm doing that. So, yeah, my life has taken a huge turn since I started improv, and I never really realized that until now. Uh, But yeah, it's, it, yeah, if you, if, I don't know, I don't know, man, maybe I just always had it in me. I never even thought about that. But I, because I always did visual arts, but I always liked music and I loved TV. You know, and mm-hmm. movies and cartoons and all that fun shit, and video games.
0: That's funny how, for you, it was more, cause you, you said it was more about the community. It, it, when you first it started, was the community. It was never about drew me being in. on stage. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's funny because I think a lot of what I have. Because I, I don't know if you were there when I, me- I mentioned, like, I went through this period, I went through a big breakup, yeah. and I realized that I had kind of lost my self-identity. Because hmm. I had gotten out of school, and when you're in, when you're working full-time and in school full-time, like, you, that, that's your life. That's your life, yeah. And so when I got out, I moved here, and I was so caught up in the move and getting a job and then trying to get a better job, and then I met a girl, and then hmm. I got to the end of that relationship, and we were just miserable because we were both in really weird places.
2: Hmm. And then I
0: realized, oh my God, I forgot that... I have to be a person, and I have to find things that I want to do because I have free time now. Like, and so that was when I was like, okay, I'm gonna start trying to write. I'm gonna start a podcast. I'm gonna start doing improv. Start trying to do music more. And like, I've written a song. I've written some jokes. I'm taking classes. I have this this show. And so, for me, I think I've always wanted to be a performer, Mm. and I've always wanted a community as well. But what drew me in was wanting to be a performer.
1: Um, It's interesting.
0: Yeah, and, yeah. But, but it's, like, I'm also, so like, I'm I'm doing everything I can to get on the stage. Yeah. But it's, like, I don't think it's, like, oh, I belong there because I'm good. It's, like, I want to be good enough to do that. Yes. Oh, so, yes. like, like with music, it's, like, I, 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 I really want to go to an open mic for stand-up and for music, but, like, I feel like I have to do a lot more work to get to a place where I've earned this the opportunity to do one five-minute set or something.
1: Oh, yeah. I've always been in that same mindset always that's where like even though I had a team of sorts it was a group of us that practiced together weekly or bi-weekly whenever we could after our 101 Mm -hmm. but we I don't know if we even had one show it was just so we could keep doing it because one of our friends wasn't going to be able to do the next session Mm -hmm. so we you know kept it going and I think we did maybe one show or maybe two but it was very sparse and we kept it going for like a year or two um but, like, uh, yeah, that feeling like you need to be ready to be on the stage. Like, you need to be worthy for the stage. You need to be worthy for people's attention and for their time. Uh, it's com- exactly how my mindset has always been. Like, I don't want to waste anyone's time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's why I dropped out of my, the band that I have tattooed on my arm. Because I was at a place where I, was, I knew I was going back to school in the fall and or no no yeah this fall uh it was 2015 i had already been going back to school i knew i was going to transfer into the theater major and i knew that that shit was going to get serious because mm-hmm. i was coasting where i was in my major and i didn't like it and i wanted to go do something that i actually gave a shit about if i was ever going to get this fucking piece of paper
2: <laughs>
1: a goddamn bachelor's degree you know like 7 years in i needed to do something that i gave a shit about um and I found acting but I was also in that band and that band wanted to be serious and wanted to go on the road and wanted to get signed and do all this amazing stuff and they're incredible musicians and it would have taken the same amount of time and effort for me to be in that band as it takes for me to do this theater degree because I had to like make up so much ground skill-wise so I never felt really worthy to be on that stage Mm -hmm. I might have been uh, like a calming force in some social aspects of the band I might have been uh, a support you know role in that band in some aspects I was the oldest person there I, I felt like I had a good way about making sure things ended diplomatically you know and that is important in any creative group that you're a part of people need to be able to meld and like mesh well and you got Sometimes you have to have a facilitator. I would take care of uh, dis- graphics and design because I did, you know, mm-hmm. graphic design in, in college before. And I would do everything I could, but I was the bassist, and I was like, "This is where I'm good." But they were writing such amazing shit, and I would, just couldn't keep up. And we we were going into the studio, and I was like, "I don't have the, I don't have it in me to push myself to get to where I need to be to write for this album." So. I, I love you guys, but I, you know, I have to dip out now because I've got I got into the degree. I'll be there next fall, anyways, and I'd rather you guys have time to write good bass parts for this album, record it, find a bassist who can play it, and go tour with him, than deal with my sorry ass, You know, mm-hmm. so that's where I I had to cut it off there, and it, they, you know, I fucking love them to death, and we're all good, very good friends. And I went up to, I went to the studio with them. And that was heart wrenching to be in the studio Mm -hmm. watching them put down songs when the last time we were in the studio, we were all doing it and I was just sitting there kind of taking it all in and, uh, I did not expect it to hurt as much as it did.
2: That's so interesting.
1: Yeah. But it, it was terrible, but I'm still very, you know, I'm glad I went. If I didn't go, I would, it would have been like severing ties way too soon,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: you know? Um, might have been a little bit healthier, but whatever. We do things that aren't healthy <laughs> that we want to do plenty of times.
0: Oh, absolutely. So,
1: yeah, so that's how I... And then I was in another band that was a little less serious because it was like a support band for a singer-songwriter. And he, we you know, he just goes wherever he the wind blows him. Mm-hmm. And he's feeling, doing a solo thing right now, and so we all kind of got let go from that project in August of last year. So I haven't been in anything. Um... But I'm around a bunch of 19-year-olds who play music, so... <laughs> I said, hey, I'll fill in on bass whenever you guys don't have a bassist. Because I need something in my life. Oh, man.
0: Oh, that's interesting. It uh, reminded me, after, to tell you about... Some, to talk to you about that. Yeah, yeah. So, music... How, when did you start playing music?
1: Late. Um,
0: 17?
1: Well, my dad always played guitar. Mm-hmm. And he, had, he has beautiful guitars always has had them and I would you know whenever I'd go to my dad's house when I was little I'd dick around on it but I never like forced myself to learn it
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then um I always wanted to be I always wanted to play bass like in middle school I latched on to the bassists and classic rock bands uh just because it was different than the guitarist it wasn't like that one dude that everyone knows or it wasn't the drummer who's super crazy it's just this dude that's chilling out and doing his thing and sometimes they do crazy stuff and sometimes they're the lead singer and I was like oh my god I want to be the lead singer bassist (laughs) because that's like a duality that I exist in um, as a personality and uh, I latched onto that and I, I didn't get a bass until junior year of high school so By that point, the fire had kind of dwindled a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I played in the church band, but just off of chords on sheet music. And I didn't do that well. And then I went to college (laughs) the first time in Cleveland, and then came back home to Richmond, and then started going to shows, made friends with people at shows. Those friends were in bands, supported them. A bassist dropped out of the band. They said, do you want to come in and bass and I was like hell yes uh, and it was like a crash course and just being a musician for the first two months and oh, wow. yeah it was uh, they gave me a lot of time to learn actually how to play an instrument and play with them and it was uh, that's the band that I dropped out of before the recording oh
0: wow that's awesome yeah.
1: so very yeah very uh, uh, f- stressful and like f- diving into the deep end but just amazing And so then I played bass with them for two years, two and a half years, and the other band for about two. So it was a very short time that I played music and very late in life, but it was exactly what I wanted to do Mm -hmm. because I, you know, I jumped into like the hardcore and post-hardcore and emo scene in the mid-late 2000s, so that was my, that was my niche in high school and I was too big of a pussy to wear skinny jeans until I was like 18, <laughs> even though I wanted to in middle school, but I didn't have a sister or a girlfriend, so I couldn't steal any girl jeans, because uh, that was definitely a thing.
0: It was. Mm-hmm. I never, I always had uh, bigger legs, so it never worked for me.
1: Yeah, I I didn't even know. I wouldn't even have even known what my size was, and yeah.
0: <laughs> So. It's so funny. I started playing guitar around 17. Yeah. I moved to Missouri and I needed one more class and they offered guitar and I was Nice. like, You should take it. And I was like, "No way, I'll never be as good as." And then but like it's a start. Mm-hmm. And so I started mm-hmm. and then I'd been honestly, I've been playing casually for 7 years just by myself. Nice. And it wasn't until recently since that I call it my renaissance period where like I would try to play with other people mm-hmm. and I would just like push myself to learn picks and stuff like that and like so yeah I can I can relate to starting late and feeling like oh my god that guy's been playing since he was 12 right. fuck you man
1: or 7 or something yeah I mean the kid who is my favorite little baby boy ever was the guitar the lead guitarist in the band that um I left was uh a fucking prodigy mm-hmm. he still is he's a fucking genius you hand him a guitar and he can do anything with it uh so he was 17 when I joined the band and I was um 22 and he was younger than my little brother and that was like crazy to me so it was fun to watch people grow up in that that kind of um that group you know And I've seen the same thing in my improv group too, because we've been around, we've been together for four years. And the year of classes I took before that, I had two girls who are also, have been also on that improv team. So, yeah. I just realized recently the growing difference in who I was between my early 20s and my mid to late 20s, coming into my mid to late 20s now.
0: I think so. that's one of the most important things as an artist is you, like, for me, with all those projects, I never put work into them. And mm-hmm. even doing them solo, like, there's there's way to grow solo, but it's like, I feel like the best way is when you are around people. Yeah. So, like, just diving in and being a part of something, being a part of a team or a band or something like that, mm-hmm. and, like, pushing each other to grow and having the interest. Everyone has the, and you're all just, like, encouraging each other. Yeah. I think that's... I think I like that has a lot of ties to like relationships and friendships in general and growing as a person in general like when someone else is as interested in the thing that you are doing together as you are it's yeah. like it, there's nothing like it
1: it's pretty fucking dope it's a, it's a nice feeling
0: I um yeah I, I've, had, I've had I've had a couple of things like that but it's never been artistically Mm. And that's one of the things I'm really excited about, like, doing improv and, like, meeting people who play music. Like, there's there's a chance that if I, if I keep pushing, that I might find people who want to do stuff like that. It's
1: very, very possible. Um, I'll just name the band. Inquiry is the band that I dropped out of and left. Uh, the one that I started. My first band, you know, which at... 22 years old, my first band. It's kind of crazy to think about, a little late in the game. But um,
0: I've never even been
1: in a band. I know, That's but crazy.
0: yeah,
1: uh, they formed because the lead singer had a friend who played guitar and another white one who played bass, and they found their drummer on Craigslist. And it was the lead singer and drummer who are like the uh, the longest stayed staying members, and they formed in like 2011, and um, they've got a show. This weekend, and I might end up missing it because of the sketch show that I'm in on Saturday night. Uh, but yeah, it's it happens through anything. Apparently, there's this website where you can find people. Uh, I to told you the, about that last
0: night.
1: Did you tell me about yeah, that? Over Music Park. Yeah, that's fucking nuts, dude.
0: It's uh, it's awesome. It's I'm so cool. Signups are now, so like mm. they have a Facebook page. I'll, 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 if you want, I can send it to you. Yeah. Um, I've had a lot a lot of fun going to those things and most of the people who show up are a little more experienced Mm -hmm. and so what you you saying like they you you met people who wanted you to grow as a musician like to me that's like Mm -hmm. that's super appetizing because i feel like if i had that kind of encouragement Mm -hmm. and a place to grow like i could just
1: yeah i think it was just because i was friends with them Mm -hmm. honestly and they were so patient with me um like they could have pulled the plug at any time at in the 2 months that we were rehearsing before our first show together and been like we'll just find someone who knows how to play bass <laughs> cuz i legit did not know what the fuck i was doing i didn't know a goddamn note on that fret um and you know i probably still don't like <laughs> yeah
0: i'm sure you know one by now
1: yeah i can i can tune by ear i Whoa. think that's kind of cool. Well, if I get, like, a good bass note, like, a, a, like one of them is right, then I can sometimes do it. But sometimes it's just, one one is, like, way far out there, and f- sharp or flat, and I'm just lost. Mm-hmm. You know, and I have to look at the uh, machine or whatever. Uh,
0: yeah, I still use a pedal. I'll, I don't think yeah. I'll ever get away from doing that.
1: It's all right. I mean, there's no fucking shame in it. I, yeah. I, just, music is... Again, I started and always will be like in visual arts, mainly. Mm-hmm.
0: I f- Traffic I, design?
1: Yeah. Well, I, I started out in car design. I loved cars so much when I was a kid. I latched onto that uh, in seventh grade in middle school, and I was like, that's what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Huh. And I built my high school career around that. I went to a, a specialty center for like art history and stuff, and then I went to art school in Cleveland for car design. Um,
0: Are you talking about designing new cars or yeah. taking old cars?
1: No, no, no. That's... I wouldn't call that car design. I guess that's like custom shop. You can draw them and design them.
0: Uh, so you, you were trying to, to, to design new cars? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like... Not a car. It's car. like a... It's a white-collar job. You know, you come into the studio... Well, not a... Well, you come into the office building with a suit and tie on and uh, go to your desk and whip out your, your tablet and your pen and you just get get drawn on a computer these days, um, there was more drafting and uh, physical, like graphic kind of work um, back in the day, but these days a lot of it's just like, oh, you got a sketch? Okay, throw that into the computer, let's like uh, pump it out, see how the proportions are. Throw down some colors and some um, shading and we got us, you know, a concept. Um, And it was fun. It's just everything else about Cleveland sucked for me. (laughs) At 19 and 20, it was a tough place to live alone. And I was a loner, like always had been through high school. And I didn't smoke weed, but all my friends were always stoners. And the same thing happened in college. And I didn't smoke weed and I didn't drink. Because I was a pussy and afraid of everything, Um, but uh, I don't. I mean, I was also just afraid to be myself because I was in the closet too. So I was like doing all these things that just didn't weren't healthy, um, keeping myself back and that kind of thing. I probably should have in high school dropped the whole car design uh, childhood dream and just gone into painting because I loved some abstract expressionism from the 50s and 60s. Like, I was all about Mark Rothko. That was my jam. And then, I know, graphic design's fun, too. So I brush that skill off every once in a while. And my dad's a photographer, so photography. So
0: it just sounds like you're able to do so much.
1: I think I have that, I guess, yeah, I can. Like, some kids who are, like, super good athletes, they have, like, that muscle memory. Like, you put a soccer player out on a football field and eventually he'll be able to throw a spiral in a, you know, a few tries or something like that or mm-hmm. uh, give him a golf club, that kind of thing. Although that sounds a little pretentious, but I don't mean it like that. No, no, yeah. no. no, no. Give I'm, yourself I'm video artistically video. versatile, maybe.
0: Based based on things you... Okay, let,
1: let, let, let's let pull back. <laughs> let's recap.
0: <laughs> no, no. Interest-wise, yeah. you cover a lot of bases. Yes. So that's that's... Without talking about skill, that's fair to say. Because yeah. people don't like to talk about their own skill, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, we're all taking your word for it.
1: Yeah, that's at true. At this point. I could just be talking out my ass this whole time. I am an <laughs> improviser.
0: I've never I've never even seen a car design thing. I, never, I have no idea.
1: It's a lot of fun. They're really cool.
0: <laughs> I um, I never really even thought about, oh, yeah, someone has to design all these new cars. I was just like...
1: And shoes and chairs. Okay, and okay. Coffee tables, yeah, everything. Everything gets designed.
0: That's um, it's weird to think about. And also, there's also millions of ideas that are turned down every day. Oh yeah. So it's like crazy.
1: But then you think about what's also crazy is that every single corner and edge and meeting of materials has been methodically engineered, and produced, and then re- replicated thousands maybe millions of times.
0: The thing that bothers me the most is when you see something that doesn't work or something that was poorly designed. Right. And then, because thinking about that thought, it's like, my desk, like, yeah, someone put a lot of work into it. I'm glad they did because I I found a way to make it work for me or like Mm -hmm. whatever I have. But then I I can't think of an example right now, but I'm sure that I own something that I was just like, what the fuck?
1: Were they thinking?
0: Like, how did this, how did this get to this point?
1: That's when you rush the design process. You don't do enough uh, trial and error, mm-hmm. iterations to see what works, and if things start breaking apart after certain amounts of time or certain types of uses, you know, it could be something that doesn't break it, but it don't work the way it used to. Or you know? an
0: unintended use yields unintended results, stuff like yes. that. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's um, that's super interesting. Okay, so <clears throat> artistically, you started with design and all those other mm-hmm. smaller interests,
1: artsy stuff. Got
0: into music. Got into improv. Is
1: there anything we're not touching on? Well now I'm in now I'm in theater but acting. acting yeah. I did oh yeah, film. Um oh, that yeah, was yeah you mentioned film community college. So I left Cleveland and came back home and was like just super depressed. Mm-hmm. And my mom wanted me to transfer into VCU and get back into a four year degree and finish school and I was like, Yeah, sure I'll do that. <laughs> got home in April, deadline to transfer was, like, May or something. Uh, didn't even take a look at the website <laughs> until... And then I, like, realized in June or July that it was way too late. And then I was like, well, that's fine, because I really can't do shit right now. I don't know what I want to do. So I'll just go to community college. Didn't sign up for classes at community college until, like, August 20th. And classes <laughs> started on the 25th. and um, And then I did everything under the sun... For four semesters in art that I had taken off the table because one of the reasons I chose car design was not just because I loved cars and I was good at art, but I felt that it, if I had my own company, which I wanted to eventually, I could make a difference in the world for the better. I could make you know cleaner cars. I could make really cool, fast ones. I could do whatever the fuck I wanted. You know, I had the, I would have that autonomy and that power um, and money. Um, so. When that died, you know. Well, when that was happening, nothing else could compare artistically, because art—you don't see an intrinsic value to to human to the bettering the human condition with a lot of art mm-hmm. from like the get-go. You're like that painting's just sitting there doing nothing. That guy studying art history is just sitting there doing nothing. That um, actor may be on TV and make you laugh, but. Is he like making something that's gonna help other people, or going, or is his like work physically changing lives? And uh, I don't know why, but I had that like humanitarian bent and wanting to make my worth in the world. Still do, still grappling with the whole art versus doing something worthwhile for other people. Um, like we got a couple social work people in our group. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And that was something I considered when I was going back to school. But I just stuck... I stuck with art in community college and I found film eventually. Um, bounced around through painting and ceramics and comic books and stuff and then uh, finally landed on film and I was like, this shit's cool. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed like being on set. And up to this point, I think being on set, doing improv shows, and being in shows in a band doing music that you really love are kind of out-level for me for... Really good times. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> you know? so. I, also, I want to point out, before because we're, we're definitely on the fast track to getting away from what we're talking about. Yeah, I yeah. feel like you need to give yourself, and this is general, but I feel like specifically, maybe this might resonate, mm-hmm. like you need to give yourself the credit that what you do is affecting people. Yeah. Because you kind of, you kind of, you, you didn't want to, I noticed, when you said, like, sure, he'll make p- the TV actor make people laugh, and then you're like, oh, fuck, I just said the thing because that's what he does and it's just yeah. like just for example like going to the the last the, the Da Vinci show yeah, I yeah. mentioned I don't know if it, it wasn't um
1: it was a dog one
0: the, that, that that show yeah. that that made me laugh that, the, the whole sh- the whole show mm-hmm. uh, I had a friend who rarely goes they went they had a great time I had another friend who brought their dad who was in town like Everyone had a great time. And so you being a part of something like that mm-hmm. has influenced people. Like, yeah. her dad's going home with the good improv is great. Mm-hmm. And, like, my friends like, oh, I love that show. And I love that show. And I'm sure that there are so many other people and times and different shows, people who listen to music or just anyone who you've been around, you've influenced in a positive way. And I feel mm-hmm. like that wouldn't happen if you didn't embrace your artistic desire and adventure.
1: Yeah. I get that. I 100% agree that there is a positive contribution from art. Uh, You know, I've always believed... Like, my... I guess my ethics and my ideology of who... What I do as a human being don't always match up. Because Mm -hmm. I love education. I think everyone should do it. I fucking hate school. I, I hate the practice of school. I hate being in school. I hate doing it. It's the shittiest place in the world. I love art. I love doing it. I love making it. I've always done it. I'm going to be really sad that I'm going to graduate without a BFA because that's what I started in, and that's what I've been trying to, you know. I just It's just like, damn, I don't get to have that, you know, title on my piece of paper. Uh, but, and I want everyone to know what it's about and understand art and understand art history. But in, when I do it, I don't feel like I'm doing anything all that important for people, because i um, I've always f- felt a compulsion to do direct work with people and I did that throughout high school I did a lot of volunteerism through um, my school through the Humanities center uh, through you know church through Boy Scouts and um uh, you know, it, it makes you feel good. It also makes you feel like you are worth being in the world when you're directly affecting other human beings in a positive, like fixing their house or uh, making sure they have food or um, you know running an organization that does any numerous things that help a community. Um, I understand that art and morale, like art, helps. Not only lift morale it expands your way of thinking um, and that's super important it's just not on the like boots on the ground enough for me sometimes that makes sense. so yeah I don't i I always do downplay it
2: mm-hmm.
1: when I talk to people about what I do and what I've always done um, and maybe that's just that little part of me that still has not let go of that part of the childhood dream from Wanting to do the car design thing and all that. And maybe that little bit is still... That little plant. Chopped down the tree. It's still trying to grow out of the stump, you know? Um, still withering its way up towards the light. And I've been reconciling that recently by trying to be more active in activism. Mm-hmm. Um, and looking and, like, still dragging my feet on putting my body out into organizations that are doing direct work with people. Um, But also, I'm pretty busy and fighting depression constantly. So I give myself a little bit of slack there, but, you know, it's like I I still want to do more.
0: That's one of the things that I've been wrestling with a lot is, like, on one hand, I have some free time. I'd love to do, like, volunteer work or something. Mm -hmm. But I feel like to really... And I think this is the wrong way to think, but I think it's also me being a human, trying mm-hmm. my best. It's one of my mantras. Like, um, I feel like I'm struggling so much that I need to devote time into myself mm. so that as I keep growing, maybe one day I'll find a, a better a valley or peak to hang out at to where I can give back. Yeah. But I feel like if I don't invest in myself, I might not do well... Trying to help somebody else. Because I still
1: need help. I agree with that. I, I completely see where you're coming from. Because
0: I, I remember when I was in high school and college trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I'm still still kind of figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, I don't know what I want to do. I just want to help people. Mm-hmm. That was always, like, my main thought. was like, what can I do to be helpful and to have an impact? Because that's, you know, that's what we all want. We want to better the, the world. Mm-hmm. That, that well. Not all of us, but <laughs> a lot. Most of the people in my life just want to be better and contribute, and you know all that stuff. So just like, that's kind of been the thing. Like this year is for me has been like, let's just focus on trying to get myself in the same, in a better place. Mm-hmm. And like I've done a lot of work on different things. And like, I mean, I really want to talk more about. Um, you mentioned like anxiety and depression and stuff because I mean that's something that, since graduating, has really been a thing for me.
1: Yeah. Oh, and living alone will do it too. I have a roommate. Oh, you do. I do
0: have a roommate. Oh, nice. There at work. Okay. But um, and also I have I have this guy right here who.
1: Well, cats will heal. They heal a lot. Oh my god. In that he, respect. It's
0: so funny. Whenever I'm like sad, he's always like he does this. Mm-hmm. He always comes and he always hangs out. He's always he's really good about that. He he's a very loving loving creature I mean what a good boy yeah he's um, he's my favorite yeah. but yeah so like that's that's been a thing I mentioned it like being a full time student you don't have time to full time impl- like working full time two full time jobs mm-hmm. and all the anxiety that comes with school you don't have time to like think about anything else because I would wake up go to school Go to school all day, Mm then go to work all night, and then I would come home for two hours, play some games, and then pass out. Mm -hmm. And then do it all again. And then the free time I did have on weekends, I kind of just was like recovering and trying to, you know, I was living the last half of, I went to school for five years, the last two and a half I was dating, Mm -hmm. and I was like, we were living together, and so I was just like spending time with them and just stuff like that. So it's like, just trying, there's not a lot of room to grow um, with stuff like that. So now that I've been out for a year, and I'm like just kind of getting the hang of like keeping a clean apartment, and like I went through a lot of anxiety with alcohol. Like I didn't start drinking until this year. Oh wow! I, I had a lot of anxiety. I I would get anxious if anyone if I was around alcohol. Wow. So the like thought of it, I would yeah. I would tense up. And so Damn. through therapy, I found an okay place. Mm-hmm. So that's really good. But just like. And also being a serial monogamist and always wanting to be in a relationship and just all that stuff, anxiety has now found me in a very weird place. And I'm 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 coping and learning I'm like I've been in relationships and some have been you know maybe dragging me down. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of the my flavor of anxiety. And yeah. also with this job that I'm in right now, like not getting enough sleep and not, and feeling really unchallenged every day i'm at work like those that's enough to drive a person insane and so i'm like
1: that's incredible i would kind of love to feel unchallenged but no i well
0: what does that mean talk about that uh
1: i feel like i've always been challenged i feel like life is always on hard mode but um maybe that's just me
0: no because i mean to a degree like not to toot my own horn but i feel like i don't say it I've always had to, like, work to get the things that I wanted. Yeah. Like, school was a struggle. Yeah. Like, I found my, stumbled my way into that, that university, and, like, no one gave me anything, and I, whatever I did, I did, and, like, every job I found, like, I, I have no real reputable skills, so, like, I've, I've weaseled my way into every kind of opportunity, <laughs> and it has been work, and I got into this job, and it, for the first bit, it was nice, because you could listen to podcasts, or do whatever you really wanted, and, like, I could not pay attention, and do a good job, and not, like... Cheating my job, but just like after six months of this job, you don't have to pay attention. You just have to do the thing and it's really easy. Yeah. And so like, but now I'm at the point where it's like career-wise, I wanna grow. I right. want more. And the past couple of months has just been like really about wanting to grow in that area. Cause I've been I've been here for almost a year now and I have the experience of an office setting, which is realistically all I've gotten. And so now I'm at the point where it's like I don't, yeah, feeling, have, taking a break from, like, feeling challenged was really good. Mm-hmm. It was, like, my first job here was, like, Chipotle, and then I did that for a couple months, and then I worked at the job I have now, and it, it was a little bit of a challenge, but it was, like, easy. It was easy mode. I was on easy mode for a bit. Yeah. And now it's, like, okay, easy mode is too easy. Right. And not fulfilling.
1: I, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. So, so
0: I I, well, I agree with your point, but I think after a certain amount of not feeling challenged and not having, like... Not growing, you can go nuts mm-hmm. because you've done that for so long. And it's like that's what I want for my life. I want to grow, mm-hmm. and so I'm looking, you know, for a nice opportunity and stuff like that. But just that's that's like I said, that's my flavor of anxiety, and I could go on. But I'd love to hear more about your thoughts on
1: on uh, mental health, anxiety, that kind of thing. The, well, how it affects.
0: Our- I'm, not, I'm not sure where you want to go with it or where I want you to go with it, but like. I just feel like that's been a big thing in my life that's new, like mm-hmm. dealing with irregular anxiety mm-hmm. and like being in a relationship. And just, I mean, it's, a, it's such a mess of thoughts. I don't even know where to, yeah. it's just a field of like, over there's that bit of anxiety. And then if you look to the right, like there's a lot of it over there. And then behind me, like it's, it's, it's a new world that I've kind of seeing, and you know, the feeling, yeah. Mental health and just like, oh my god all the stigmas and all the thoughts and there's a lot to it there is so if you have if you have whatever lane you want to take
1: I think um I can relate something to uh well I definitely dealt with it for years Mm -hmm. um never really quite knowing what to do about it and never really knowing that I was dealing with it
0: with anxiety in general
1: yeah and it's still not really diagnosed. I treat depression with... I We treat depression in me with my therapy and with pills when I have those pills. Pills are expensive. I can, you know, not like always suicidal when I don't have pills, but... And that was kind of a joke. And I shouldn't probably have made it. Uh, but anyways... um, Yeah, no. I started realizing that my anxiety could be... A like a superpower, you know, like we were doing in this that exercise um, last night mm-hmm. where you, you just talk about this thing that you got going on and that's your superpower or something like that. I don't know how the exercise went exactly. <laughs> but with improv, anxiety was how I would build a character because I was anxious to go up there and do it at all. And so when I would go on stage, I'd pull from that well of emotion, and that would just guide my character work and my scene work. And it was so fluid and so easy and so simple. Because it's like, yeah, I feel this way. Oh, I'm just expressing how I feel but not as myself so I don't actually have to, like, fess up to anything? Sweet. I'll do that. I'm a nervous, uh, you know, kid at taking an exam. And some kid is, like, trying to bother me for answers. I'm like, shut up. Get away from me. I don't want to talk to you. You know, that kind of thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and I, you know, I'd map that onto any other character or scene, and uh, it, it was so eye opening and freeing to see that. And then, an inquiry, we played loud, fast, sometimes heavy music. And I'd just go on stage and let that pulse through me, and all my anger would come out, all my. Um, a lot, you know, anxiety would come out just through that stage performance, hidden those strings on the bass and, uh, yelling my ass off and that kind of thing and jumping around and having a good time because that was the way the songs moved me. So that's how I, I think that's what performing really did for me compared to any art that I ever did before that. Cause I would write sometimes I'd write some poetry in high school or whatever. And then I'd, cringe looking at it again and you know that was kind of therapeutic and that would kind of get the things out and maybe I'd do a painting here or there that felt like it was you know trying to get under that rock and lift it and and clear out whatever gross mucky shit was under there in in the crevices of my head but when you perform you are the art you have to make that thing happen and you can only do that in a few ways. And, and a lot of times it's recalling certain emotions from your own life. Um, and if you're going through them right now, then it's even easier. Mm-hmm. You know. So, yeah, I, I think that the, that outlet is really what pulled me into performance was dealing with my, my own mental illness and my own stressors in life and um, just using that as fuel. So that was really cool. Uh, And now with acting, it's it's a little bit different because I really don't care about theater or the stage Mm -hmm. for acting. I'd rather do film. I'd rather do voice. And, you know, it can hit those same kind of emotional gratification areas by replicating these emotions through that work. You know, like mm-hmm. I can express that, I can get there. Um, but it's as someone else, you know, it's not a character I'm making up on the spot on improv. It's not uh, music that my friends and I have written and poured our hearts and souls into on the stage. Um, it's usually someone else's writing, um, and maybe you don't connect with it, and you still gotta you still gotta try and draw, and that's what makes it a business, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, is that it's not always personal. So that's tough, but it is another way that I can use what I've discovered to try and make some money. Because that's the only way you can live in this fucking world. Until I yeah. get a universal income, and then I will do whatever the hell I want. <laughs> so that would be nice.
0: It's interesting how you kind of frame your anxiety as this fuel for your creative endeavors. Mm -hmm. Um, Because see, the thing that sucks about this topic, it is a vague topic and...
1: And we're not therapists. We don't know, you know, we don't have all the answers.
0: And I I don't even know what questions to ask. I just like talking about it in general. Yeah, I'm down. It's like, it's good. So like for me, my anxiety is usually a fuel to improve my situation mm-hmm. so for example um i had a really anxious day the other day called out of work rearranged my room nice. and i felt and clean everything because my partner has just been let go and so when i was done i was like i feel better my situation has improved i have a better outlook or talking to people i like it's very very therapeutic just to talk to a friend or someone who knows me and and just say all the things that i'm thinking and then when i say them I, so I'll empty out my bucket and then I'll kind of put things back in my bucket and I'm like I'm going to change this and it kind of helps to inform my thought process so mm-hmm. like last week I was feeling anxious about something and I talked to like four different people about it and now I'm here and I'm like I have a much more polished version I feel a lot better and now I know that when I finally get a chance to talk to whoever about whatever I'll feel better mm-hmm. and I'll be, have a better approach and like, things will be better yeah. and so for me an- anxiety I don't. My anxiety has typically been a lot about feeling accepted in the world, because I feel like that's something that I haven't really found is acceptance to be myself, mm. to be uh, waxadaisical Is that the word?
1: waxadaisical?
0: waxadaisical
1: Wacky
0: wackadazical. Interesting. I like to. Yeah, that's fun. See, that's an example, like yeah. doing stuff like that. So, like for me that's something that i've struggled with a lot mm-hmm. and i think that relationships that i've been in in the past more recently have had a lot of like a like a stifling kind of aspect to it and so that's kind of my flavor of anxiety and i don't i feel like based on what you've said and i don't mean to like point anything specific out mm-hmm. but all, all that comes to what you said i feel like my Anxiety doesn't belong in the same conversation as your anxiety. Yeah, because I I'm feel like that. mine's just a little smaller. What? Yeah, and I feel like that. But that—that's—that's that's my. And maybe I'm wrong for that. But just like in general, mental health for me is something that I try to explore, mm-hmm. and I try to be very honest about it. I just feel like I mean, mine's just like anxiety about a girl or something small and it's usually gone in a bit or like just general yeah. kind of smaller things where there are people who are dealing with harder things and i don't know maybe i'm just i'm equipped with certain things that make it easier or i don't know i've yeah. always it's something that i just don't explore a lot and i feel like definitely within what i like to produce i see a lot Reflected, based on the anxiety that I feel, mm-hmm. and I feel like you—you you kind of saying that it fuels these things that you create, but then you go to something that someone else created that you're good
1: at. But like, <laughs> it's, it's such a good noise. It's <laughs> such a weird noise because it's really close to the mic. <laughs> I love it.
0: But just the like fact that you, it fuels you to create when you do, when you make a character mm-hmm. or when you write a song. Like, I've written one actual song with music, and it was fueled completely by anxiety. It's a completely anxious song.
1: Yeah. Was it about anxiety, or is it just that that's what pushed you to do it? You were like, I just need to do it.
0: I was anxious about a thing, and it's about... Okay. All the lyrics are about the thing I was anxious about. Yeah. And it probably, basically, the song is basically, I'm anxious about this, and here I'm going to talk about it.
1: I, I dig it.
0: Yeah, and so for me, like, it, like I'm really happy with the result, and, like, it didn't help solve it, which I don't think it was supposed to, but, like, yeah. I felt like I finally was able to make something, because I've always tried to make songs, and it's never worked, and then I had these two lines, this, just two lines floating in my head for about a month, mm-hmm. and then I sat down, and it was just, like, I just vomed up this song, and somehow found chords, and then found a rhythm, and then, like oh my god I have a thing and I still remember
1: it that's awesome
0: so like it's like a real thing and like to me it was like oh I was able you know to create something because of this anxiety Mm -hmm. because I was feeling something and I'm open to feeling good and bad things I see I still feel like I'm just in an open field and I'm just like pointing to things that are just vague distances away I can't hone in on what I want to talk about or what what I'm what I'm feeling yeah do you feel
1: like uh in a way I I do I know what you're talking about I think for me having been in an improv team for having done doing improv for five years doing the band stuff for a few years coming into acting um my emotions are like way up to the surface now you know, like do
0: you do you, do you like
1: that? Uh, I mean, it is what it is. I don't know if like I have it. What, 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 it's what you know? What else do I got? You know, I was well, that kid that I was before that I couldn't have a shaved face because I was embarrassed to see him again. Like I, I was such a little like hermit, and but you couldn't
0: have a shaved face because you were embarrassed to see him again.
1: Yeah, so like I have, I've had sh- uh, always had facial hair since maybe twenty eleven. 2010-ish and I have to shave for this makeup class in the theater program because so, you get points taken off if you come in with a beard. <laughs> but like people knew me so well because of because my face changes so distinctly when I have a nice big mustache and my beard. Um, I can go I could go in clean shaven somewhere that I hadn't been in a year right now and be completely incognito. And until I talk to someone and say like, "Hey, what's up?" They wouldn't know who the hell I was. Interesting. And so I latched onto the kind of that identity. You're um, well, yeah, but not just like my mustache is gorgeous. I have a great mustache, and I don't. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> like, you know, you use what you got. You you play to your strengths, and I went with just the mustache for like a solid year, and that was my thing. And people were like, "Yeah, Patrick has the mustache." Um, and so that was my new identity you know Must as say, yeah. early 20s coming in playing in bands doing improv uh, trying to get on film sets however like, way I could I was you know PA'ing uh, certain gigs with friends I was I was an extra cast as some small role or whatever uh, just having a good time uh, you know 21 to to 24 or 25-ish no not 25 um And so when i take that away, it was like I was that kid again back in high school. Or, you know, still scared going out to Cleveland and not experiencing the world for what it was, for everything that it had to give and everything that I actually liked doing and, you know, believing in all these concepts and fucking constructs that are bullshit, that I believe are bullshit now, that I've hopefully torn down, like having to have a career and... Oh, man. That, uh, that speaks
0: deeply to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
1: religion, family... Well, not that my family... Not making a family, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, oh, we'll get into it, no more. Yeah. Uh, Those are some of my favorite topics. Who you
1: love, what kind of, you know... What makes you you? All that kind of shit that... is completely different now for me than who I was ten years ago.
0: Well, so I think now's a good... So, yeah. time. What, what helped you get to the point where you were... Based on things that I'm going to say accepting of yourself and your journey Mm -hmm. and path. Yeah. Because for me, just to contextualize the question a little bit better, like, it wasn't until that big period when I was like, I don't have to have it figured out. Mm -hmm. I don't have to have it figured out for many years. This is all growing. I put the expectation, I should have a job coming out of college. And I should be with the person I'm going to be with and I should be this and this Oof, and yeah, all that stuff. And so, you know, now it's just like I don't care what I'm doing. I just would like to be happy, mm-hmm. be doing the things in my personal life, hobbies that I want to do, and trying to work towards a good career yep. or something. Take the pressure off. Let's just be a human. Let's just be that and let things unfold or present themselves obviously work towards growth like I'm working to get a better job mm-hmm. but that's like just something that because I, I mean before I found the job I'm currently applying to and I really hope I get it like I have no idea what I want to do like what do I even I have no reputable skills like what what would I even go into and that pressure is a lot because like I got to figure this stuff out and mm-hmm. it's like what do I do like holy cow and just just all that pressure like just on the job alone not even talking about like you said Having a family, like my mom's like, You're gonna have to give me kids. And I'm like, Oh, you don't oh have my kids god, right now. Like,
1: that's yeah. the worst.
0: I mean, she's, I mean, I get, I get the idea. Like, my yeah. mom with grandbabies would be <laughs> she'd be over the moon, right? Yeah, she'd be, and she, it would be great for her, but like for me, it's like, I, Sometimes I have trouble taking care of myself. Let's not introduce a tiny human life kind of mm-hmm. thing, you know what I mean? So, just, just taking the pressure off of myself has just relaxed me a bit better and allowed me to actually take steps to better myself and there's smaller steps going to the gym as often as possible eating smaller like mm-hmm. choosing healthy options sometimes just giving myself room to not make the best decision or stuff like that mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. like that that that's how I view that topic but I feel like you definitely have more to
1: which one? I, I'm sorry. Just recap real quick. I I agree with everything you're saying. Yeah, but what's...
0: yeah. G- taking the pressure off of yourself yeah. to have anything figured out. I think is kind of the general idea. Like career, family, yeah. all that stuff. For me, the 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 social the social pressures. Being
1: able to stop giving a shit. Stop giving a shit. Really. About, yeah, yeah.
0: And just do what you want to do. And I feel like there's 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 a lot in there. There's right? like. There's body image issues, which I know, I know a lot of people have. Mm-hmm. and like, Oh, yeah. Ev- I mean, everyone I realistically plan. should have it because of what's thrown upon us. And, like, social media yeah. and being able to present, like, I have this great life or whatever. But it's like, no, um, you took that picture and then you went home and watched Netflix yeah. or something like that. Like, accepting yeah. that by yourself.
1: So, I yeah, I'll go in then. Uh, in 2015, I started just growing my hair out. And I stopped, like when i was in my bands when i was doing improv there was in the year and a half that i wasn't in school i was working retail um did a lot you know in clothes and stuff and it was you know, i'd buy a new thing every other week maybe so my image my self image my grooming all that the mustache mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like all that played into this ideal person that i wanted to be and at a certain point things got really rough I think it was it was a combination of factors. My job was soul sucking. It was a part time gig um, at a terrible chocolate store here in town oh. that I do not recommend you ever go to because probably the man, don't drop
0: the, probably don't drop the name. I know. Um, I really
1: want to because I want to ruin his life. Man, this is just a little podcast. Honestly, knows,
0: little podcast. No. Um. If if he is truly terrible, I have no problem jumping yeah. on board and
1: okay. Well. For the Love of Chocolate is um, where the devil resides, and you should never go there. If you do go there, just go to get free samples and know what you want to get somewhere else. Because they have an amazing selection. He's super picky uh, about the chocolate he gets from around the world, and it's in a, like, vast assortment. Um, But he's a human being without a soul. So I guess he's not a human being, uh, is what I would say. Um, But, right, so soul-sucking job, uh, all this identity shit. I was trying to play a lot into who I wanted to be. The band was super stressful. I was stressing out about getting a better job, going back to school. And my stepmother had um, been diagnosed with brain cancer, and she'd been fighting it for like a year, and we were getting towards the end stages of it. So things were just really, really rough, and I was living with... Uh, some roommates of mine for the, you know, uh, out of my mom's house for the first time in a while, which I did not want to, I didn't want to stay in my mom's house when I came home from Cleveland, but that's another story. Uh, so there are so many factors going on. I was just like, fuck this, let's, you know, let's like drop a few things, you know. So I mm-hmm. let the hair grow out, stopped grooming that so... Meticulously. Meticulously, yeah. Stopped trying to be a part of the trends. Stopped buying new clothes. Just kind of took what I had for what it was. Stopped dressing up for every other occasion. You know, it felt good when I did it. Um, but it was like, why am I really doing this, you know? And kind of went into a cocoon. And by the end of it, my hair was like down to here and super curly. Yeah, so down to the my shoulder collarbone down super curly had a massive fucking beard that eventually I had to shave off and then regrow um for a part and I just stopped giving a shit and that was really really nice uh and you know I was I had tried I tried to plan it out that I'd have the hair for October and I could like do some crazy fucking full drag mm-hmm. uh, Halloween outfit with my natural curly amazing hair but I was not taking care of my scalp either and I was losing it and I'm still losing it because I'm super stressed out uh-huh. um, and it's I need to do some stuff to reverse it but yeah so I was like okay I gotta chop all this off so I can actually like try and reach my scalp because it's so thick I, nothing yeah. gets down there um, well, your hair looks good but, just for the record yeah thanks but like when I pull it back there it is the widow's peak. Oh, and yeah I love that going. well, it's it's just gonna be male pattern baldness eventually, yeah, um <laughs> so, yeah, so I did that, and when I cut it, it was like coming out of that cocoon. I was like, okay, cool. I feel fine with who I am. I feel like I am ready to get myself out there again and do things productive um you know, I started my degree in v c u theater i started going out trying to date more. I, I kind of consolidated things. I wasn't in the bands anymore. Um, it was a very new time in my life. Um, but then th- things got stressful again very quickly <laughs> because Donald Trump was elected and, oh, man, yeah. uh, I figured out I hate plays. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no>. So, <laughs> so, you know, new experiences. I tried stuff. Um, and here I am, uh, you know, a year after that point And, I took as much time for myself as I possibly could over the summer. And I watched 450 episodes of Naruto. <laughs>
0: nice. That's... <laughs>
1: because I didn't need much of a job, and I had a shit ton of free time, and all the friends I made in college were all 18, 19-year-olds who went back to Nova.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: I was like, cool, I got nothing going on here. I got improv. So, I, you know, I dove headfirst in improv, teaching mm-hmm. improv, all that kind of thing.
2: Yeah.
1: So kind of reinvest in something that I felt I was losing. Um, yeah, that's good. I definitely felt like I was losing some of my identity though. Like I'd maybe gone too far, um, dropping the music. So that's why I'm hopefully gonna get back into that with a friend's band and just but I can't you know, I can't commit all the way. I love music to death. Uh, but I need to finish this fucking degree.
0: How much longer do you have?
1: Hopefully twenty nineteen, spring of twenty nineteen is when I graduate. Nice. So uh, three. three yeah, two years. Three and a half semesters ish. That's. I
0: mean, yeah. I know what that's like because I remember uh, year four. I was like, "Oh my god, I can't keep doing
1: this." Dude, I've been in school with one period, uh, a year and a half period in between. I've been in school since two thousand nine. Oh my god. Yeah. That's. It's, uh, it's. Yeah. I've I've been a sophomore in at some program this is my fourth time being a sophomore in some program. I'm Van Wilder without being cool or (laughs) hot as Ryan Reynolds.
0: That's, that's crazy. I am. I know. Yeah. That's hopefully it's, hopefully it's over soon.
1: Yeah. 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 And I, you know, I did it to myself (laughs) 100%. I went back into school in a major where I could have finished last year. Um, And I was just like, I'm not going to finish this major. I don't give a fuck about this. I need to find something I care about if I'm ever going to finish a degree. I just don't have, like, the will, I guess, to plug through things that um, bore me to death.
0: Yeah, and also, I mean, on one hand, the societal pressure says, like, you should.
1: Right. That's America.
0: But when you look, it's like... Why should I? You know, right. I don't give a fuck about this. I'm never, like... For me, like, I have a sociology degree, so, like, that's basically useless. <laughs> All it says is that I finished a bachelor's program. Right. And it's a bachelor of arts degree. And so, like, it's even more useless in our society. And so, like... And my GPA was trash. I got... It's, it was so bad, I didn't even put on my resume.
1: Hey, my friend, uh, a BA in theater is going to be pretty useless, too. <laughs>
0: yeah, but, but, but the thing that you're saying and that resonates with me is... I studied what I wanted to study Yeah. and okay. the experience yeah, yeah. that I have from that to me is the valuable thing mm-hmm. and I mean it's, an, it's um, in my case it's a bachelor's in sociology like yeah it has an influence like it's, it's focusing more on like data collection statistical, statistical analysis and, sub- culture, and sub- culture and so for me I'm getting a lot out of it mm-hmm. but like again on a resume like it's pretty much garbage. Unless, unless the hiring manager's like, we like people who have social backgrounds and business interests. You know, like that's what my last interview told me. He was just like, I like the sociology because it means you can talk to people. And I'm like, not necessarily true in this case, <laughs> but not necessarily what yeah. that means. Yeah. So just, just I I can't say like that's how, that, that's the way school should be. You should study what you love. And I was really love, really fortunate to have more professors who were good teachers Mm -hmm. than bad. Mm -hmm. And so, like, that to me was, like, that's the experience. That's what I got out of it. And so, like, you saying, you taking ten years to get it right Mm -hmm. is, like, yes, it sucks, but when you get out of it, you're going to feel way better than if you had just gotten the other stuff.
1: I'm hoping so. And I've been thinking about where I'm going to go after the degree is over because I was getting the itch to leave Richmond about four years ago. Oh, Um, interesting.
0: Because you've been here your whole life?
1: Yeah. In Virginia? Yeah, I mean, Cleveland for two years for school, but other than that, just traveling around on the East Coast. I haven't even left the fucking country yet.
0: I haven't either, if it makes you feel better. Nice. I want to. I'm mean, I, I happy about to, that. I want to get a passport. I want to do stuff like that, but it just hasn't had the opportunity, hasn't presented itself. Because I didn't get
1: any college until I was 25. I know, but like, and the thing is too... Canada's right there, mm-hmm. you know. You could go to Toronto with as almost as much time as it takes to go to New York City, and mm-hmm. Toronto's pretty cool. It's, yeah, I there's not really an excuse for any of us, um, other than I just haven't done
0: it. When, you know? when we when we do eventually go, that's yeah, great. And, oh yeah, and, and I mean the one way to look at it is like, well, when, when I'm meant to go, I'll go, mm-hmm. and stop taking the take the pressure off yourself to like, oh. Well, this person, tra- who cares? Right, right. This is my path and when I get a chance to get this country, that's when I'll leave and maybe yeah. I'll appreciate it more because I'm older. Maybe I won't have the experience. I don't know. I mean, I've moved around the U.S. my whole life. So mm. like Florida, Utah, Missouri, South Carolina, Louisiana, Virginia. Nice. And so like, I've gotten a little bit of traveling, but like, on one hand, I'm jealous that you've had the experience that you've had mm. or like other Just people. Just staying like, in one place for a while. Just having really deep roots. I mean, I did 10 years in Utah, so I had some roots there, but I moved a bunch in the city. And so, like, you go to a different high school or school district, like, you're basically moving states. Like, that's what that means. Yeah. And so, so like, for me, that's been the struggle. Like, yeah. Like, being here a year, like, getting roots. Like, if I didn't have improv, who knows what I'd be doing? I'd be, like, desperately searching OKCupid to find somebody who wants to hang out with me. Because you can't make friends in 2017. Are you kidding me?
1: Uh, And in Richmond, You know, Richmond is such a small city. mm -hmm. Like, you got to know somebody to know anyone else. But when you know anyone, you know six other people.
0: Exactly. Like like Uh, Ryan Clouderbuck knows millions of people. I'm convinced.
1: Yes, Yes, absolutely. He He needs
0: two Facebooks to maintain his his social network.
1: There was a point in time where I would walk through Carytown on any given day and see someone I knew. You know? And... Maybe it's not so much like that now because I've, I've detached myself from the music scene, mm-hmm. which has its, you know, tentacles everywhere. Uh, but the same thing on BCU's campus. When those kids start getting a little less scared of Richmond mm-hmm. and venturing out, I'm sure I'll see them around town. Um, it's it's crazy small. Uh, so, so, yeah, living here my entire life, I was thinking about, like, cities I'd move to after I graduate that would be good places for acting, storytelling, directing, whatever, whatever industry that thing can support and sustain. So like Atlanta, um, maybe New York or LA, but those are really big and kind Mm -hmm. of scary. Maybe Chicago or Seattle or New Orleans. But then last week I was like, man, fuck staying in the U (laughs) S. So I looked up the least traveled to countries by Westerners, um, And then I also looked at the most dangerous countries by, uh, for Americans just to see if there was any correlation and, um, interesting statistics, the countries like the most travel warnings sometimes don't have the most danger for Americans. Like they have the least per 100,000 people that have died Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and that country like Israel, you'll most likely be okay. Mm-hmm. There's a very low percentage chance that you're going to get hurt near zero. Place like um, Guatemala or or uh, somewhere else like that that has f- much fewer travel uh, warnings, very high probability of being That's killed. Interesting. Um, I might have might not be Guatemala. I might have got mixed up. But that is a case you know where countries with very few travel warnings have a very high per capita death rate for visitors. Um, for American visitors. Anyways, the ones that are less traveled to are really cool. And Bangladesh is one of those. And I was like, that would be fucking dope. Just to go live there for a year. Yeah. Because, uh...
0: I've never done that shit.
1: Things are really shitty out here. And I'm real sick of, um, like, Western civilization for the most part.
0: And if you graduate in 2019... 2020 should be getting back
1: to yeah and i can vote for whoever's coming up next exactly so, so that
0: timing wise it's looking good
1: but then my like hey don't abandon people brain use your privilege for the right reasons is like um excuse me you're trying to drop out of this whole thing that you definitely benefit from and are doing absolutely nothing to change I don't think so. So it's like, okay, fine, I'll go back to Atlanta. (laughs)
2: Because
1: I also think it's best to live in a southern state or southern, you know, in that the place that has the worst racism and and sexism and homophobia so that you can try and do something to affect it, which is why Richmond has been a nice middle ground Ah. and why I haven't felt (laughs) completely compelled to like drop everything and go fight for the cause somewhere else. Because we got we got shit going on here. We got these fucking monuments. We got Richmond public schools not being funded. We got a lot of you know people being displaced as gentrification happens throughout Jackson Ward and all that fun shit. So yeah, I but it's still Richmond. I want to get out. You know.
0: Yeah, and that that to me that's a very very weird thing because I've lived in so many different places and seeing seeing people loyal to a place and wanting to leave mm-hmm. get out while you can like I've heard that in every place yeah you know like oh once you get it, you're stuck and it's just like well obviously for me I'm not so yeah like I, I, could, I could go anywhere like I could pack all this shit up and go like no problem
1: who are the people that say that too like are they the ones that have lived there their entire lives or were they recently moved there and now stuck both, both okay
0: honestly yeah there's, there's and then when someone leaves like you never hear from them again
1: yeah, that's and true.
0: Gone. And I have, I have, i and I, I just, I've seen. I, 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 don't want to sound jaded or full of myself. I've seen pretty much all of it. Like mm-hmm. the it, culture and subculture was one of one of the things I wanted to study because I had seen so many different examples of different subcultures, and for me that was the very, very interesting part mm-hmm. um, of doing all the moving because I love human behavior, I love studying people, so, like, that was kind of the thing I see, and seeing that in you is just, like, on one hand, I'm like, Sorry. you should...
2: I don't know
0: that one. Whoa!
1: <laughs> we got a guest coming every, into the podcast. Time,
0: I don't know what I said, um, but seeing you, like, want to do better is like, yeah, you should totally do that, but then, like, you should go live in another country and better yourself so that you can come back and contribute to the fight, yeah. and so, like, there's, there's arguments for both sides.
1: Yeah. I would definitely if I moved out there, I would definitely do as like try and detach myself as much as I could from the systems of like white supremacy and uh uh patriarchy and all that kind of crazy shit. Mm-hmm. And capitalism, I would I would do everything I could to just like meld in and be a part of the society, but and you know, something that's least visited I should Oh no wait, I should look up what list is uh, the countries that are least affected by western culture. There you go. Cuz I don't want to see anything. I don't I don't want to see like a pop star. I wouldn't want to see some fucking advertisement with John Ham on it, you know. I I don't want to
0: John Hamm gotta, is an American treasure.
1: He is, but I want to see anything. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. Yeah, you know, I don't want to see any White We're big fans of Don Hammond.
0: the show. He listens to the show, so I gotta make sure that. He does. But like, yeah, no, I one hundred percent. Yeah. Agree, like getting to escape all of that pressure and like
1: seeing, just everything you've always experienced, you know.
0: To me, to me that because that, in my in my transformation, we'll call it. I
1: guess North Korea would be a good option then. Interesting. Because they actively hate Western culture, so they. Yeah, but then like, they have
0: their own stuff. Yeah. And like, do you want to be influenced by other people's stuff, or do you want to just go? Well, away?
1: also, they'd kill me.
0: That probably would happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: Anyways, sorry, I took it off topic. What were you <laughs> saying?
0: I think I was saying, like, well, what would happen? If I, have a lot of, I have a lot of small mantras, and one of them is get green lights. Like, what happens if you green light everything and you just, like, hmm. let yourself be yourself? Mm-hmm. Like, Because like, that's something I've been facing is, like, being stifled and, like, not accepted. It's like, what happens if I just say, fuck you, fuck you? I'm going to say this ridiculously dumb joke or silly thing or do this thing that I know won't work or whatever. And just let what happens. Like mm-hmm. imagine living in a place where like there are no societal pressures and you get to just be yourself, whoever you want. Mm-hmm. And you would think having moved around a lot that I would feel that. Cause I, could you I guess it's probably the
1: opposite for you. You probably built up a lot of mechanisms and walls to address being the outsider and, make people feel comfortable around you rather than being like, I don't give a shit about all you fuckers.
0: You, you would think, but I, I, I use alcohol as an example. Mm-hmm. I moved. This is, I mean, this, this kind of shifts on your, your thought in, in, a good, in, in a good way. Yeah. So like I moved to Missouri. I was there for one year, my mm-hmm. junior year of high school, the first six months I was on the football team. I had, I made friends with this guy named Matt. great dude. Still, we Snapchat every now and then. And, like, he had a group of friends, and we we would do poker night, and we'd have a great time for about six months. And then they got into drinking. Uh. And so if I was to facilitate this idea of, well, I need to fit in, I need to find a way to be a part of this, I would have also done that. But I was so anxious about it, I stuck to my guns, no peer pressure, didn't drink. I was alone for the last six months I was there. Because your friends go do that thing, and you're like, well, I'm right here. So, like... I, I could put out more examples in like the peer pressure of things like that. Like, I never I never wanted to compromise myself, and I think that that's one of my strong points, and that's why this anxiety is so strong because like these people have made me feel like I have to compromise what well, makes me me.
1: To why I've bounce around to fucking five degrees? Exactly, I don't I like to compromise myself.
0: And so like, I feel and and I think you agree. Really, you're not doing that right now with this degree program, right?
1: Oh, I am actively fighting against things that want to compromise me because the entire theater world is about compromising yourself for other people. And I'm like, I'll have fun.
0: You're fighting it, but you're not, you're not. Doing no,
1: it. I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm in hostile territory, but I am, I got my feet dug in deep.
0: Exactly. And, yeah. that, and th- that that's inspiring and good. And I'm happy about that for sure. Yeah. But that's something that we struggle with. And yeah. so like the idea of going and living one year in a place where they're like, no one cares. And like you do your own thing. Like, Imagine the growth, the human growth he would go through and coming back and like... How first of all, how full your beard would be?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you well, would shave. I don't want to look like those one of the, you know. I'd shave every day just so I wouldn't look like one of those hippie motherfuckers <laughs> that goes out and like I spent a year in Africa and now I've got this massive beard and my hair is long and ratty and I don't care anymore about your beauty standards. <laughs> to be like, just treat yourself but like the, some, it, somewhat nice. No, I, I think. Why well, I, I didn't always say the beard. I know,
0: but yeah, like, yeah. but yeah, the idea of like setting your own standards, like. Yeah. I want, I feel better when I do this. Okay, so the mustache should be glorious. You come back. Oh, no.
1: That, yeah, I, I do whatever it, I do whatever what you want was it. right at the moment.
0: Exactly. And yeah. so that, to me, that's the thing that, that is so, that that inspires me to do that now. Mm. Like everything, I try to just, I try really hard daily to be mindful of like, what decision do I want to make? Mm. And I try really hard to do that.
1: Dude, that's so important. Exactly and, that's and so fucking important.
0: Both being mindful and making that decision and distinction of me versus the world kind of thing, mm-hmm. like I mean that's I think being in my room you can kinda of see that I am winning.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, you're you've conquered the space and you've put your mark on it. In a very aesthetically pleasing way I will I will I appreciate uh, that. Commend. I do not do that. I let my space take over me because what does that look like? Oh, like a bomb went off because (laughs) that's just like clothing on the floor, dishes in the sink. Like I, I don't give a fuck. I got my couch and my TV and I got my bed and my toilet. And those are the things that I use the most. Um, so, and my wonderful, um, just beautiful gifts from heaven. Uh, phone chargers. (laughs) So, yeah, those are the things I use the most in my house. And everything else is like, oh, I'm going to go play soccer today? Yeah, let me grab this bag and the ball off the floor, you know, and throw on these shorts that were sitting on top of the bag from the last time I played soccer. Because I don't do it enough to, like, get stinky. Uh, Anyways, these were washed, I think. Um, I'm not sitting in your chair in gross shorts. But, yeah, it's just... (laughs) <laughs> I don't even know where I was going, but I had a fun time where I was. So what were we talking about? I was talking
0: about how, um, we were, I'm not, I'm trying to embrace myself and be myself.
1: Right. And saying like, do I want to do this today? That was my biggest fucking thing with relationship stuff. It's like, do I want to deal with this person? Do I want to like keep being charming and funny when really I feel like shit about what's going on? Oh, get into it. Keep going. Like, I, it only happened recently that I had enough longevity of feeling for a certain person that I experienced things that I've never like experienced before where I had to decide, like, okay, do I just want to keep this going for the tiny sliver of hope that maybe this will happen? Or do I want to be real about how I feel right now? Because this was really shitty about what happened between us. And I think that they're in the wrong. Or I don't feel like, at the very least, communication was dropped. And, you know, I'm hurt. You know, that kind of thing.
0: It's like you're reading the prompter on my heart. (laughs) Like, you could be speaking more to what I'm feeling.
1: it sucks. Because I... Dating for me is, like, rapid fire. Like, I judge very quickly. And I date... I... (sighs) little background on me right now for for romance sake i would i'd say i am in between like bisexuality and like full homosexuality because um like the sexual attraction to women is still there but then like i'm not like romantically into it but i could i could do it and i'm i'd have a good time but I, so that's why I only like date guys right now, mm-hmm. and I've only done I've only dated guys since 2014. When the last girl that I was emotionally invest like to attached to, we knew that it just wasn't going to work between us, and that was like a big sign to me that it just wasn't going to work with girls in general. Because if it mm-hmm. couldn't work with her, who the fuck is going to work with? You know, okay. it was like that kind of person in my life where we were thinking about moving into the same city because we were it was long distance and like, but. Again, we saw the sign, and she's have She has a great life right now with a wonderful guy, and I'm super happy for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I only date guys now because uh, it just I have that feeling there. I have that capacity for um, romantic involvement that it just doesn't feel like it's there for for women. And dating guys in Richmond as a guy sucks. I'm sure it sucks for girls too, but it sucks for guys dating guys. Because the dating pool is so fucking small, and we don't have any, we don't have a great gay scene. Yeah, uh, I've we heard have about three that. places, and I hate two of them. Well, I don't hate one of them. I hate one of them, and the other two, I just one's boring, and the other one is a lot of dancing, and I don't like to dance that much, unless I'm going out with a bunch of friends and I'm getting fucking wasted, yeah. which does not happen often. Mm-hmm. But the thing that keeps me from going to all three of them consistently is the fact that you see. At least one to five people that you have talked to on Tinder, Grindr, OkCupid, okay um, mm-hmm. uh, a couple other male to mail only apps and that you don't want to see. Yeah. That, like, they ghosted you or you ghosted them.
0: It would, it uh, would put a damper on your knife.
1: W- and it does. And that's why I don't go out to those clubs. So I'm not engaged in the community, even in a dating aspect. And I'm barely engaged in a, like, I give a shit and know what's going on, like, socially aspect. Um, which is what's been really nice about working on this queer sketch show. Because the group has been so uh, inclusive and, and great. But I'll talk about that later. But yeah, dating sucks in Richmond as a guy, dating guys. And so my... I'm rapid fire. I look at the picture... I go through the pictures, I look at what they got written, I look at their job, the kind of school, how far away they are, and I just know based if off I'm going to give them time of, or not.
0: Based off of the way someone presents themselves, Oh yeah, it tells you everything you need to know. It does, and it's like... You have no bio, you have no interest in... We're not going to connect if you don't have anything written. Or if you have the same picture five times. But if they're times,
1: super hot... Then yeah <laughs> yeah I was gonna say like then it's gonna happen I'm gonna swipe and if they <laughs> and if they match me then I'll look at them again and then I'll decide what their personality is like through the photos and if the personality is still not there I'll then I don't message but if it's kind of there and I see maybe a spark of something that might be cool I'm like okay like maybe their job is interesting we'll talk about that it's you know you strike up conversation however you can but it happens so infrequently and mm-hmm. I'm so quick to judgment. Uh, This experience with me for the last year with this one guy was just an exercise in patience, but he had all these like things checked off that made me go like, Oh, that's completely understandable. I will be patient because of this circumstance because that you were going through, you know, or that we can't meet up and it's totally fine because you meet this very high bar of, being someone I enjoy being around attractive enough and having shit going on in your life that is, you know, like the doctor's note for all doctor's notes kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like aok stuff that you can't fault anyone for, for dealing with and needing time for, mm-hmm. which it was super rare and I've never experienced before. So it went on for a year and then uh, sometime last month when I was trying to get meet back up with him again and I was hoping we'd see each other over the summer a lot. I said, Hey, so you want to meet up? And he was like, I'm dating someone else right now. And I was like, cool. Well, my heart's in pieces. Um, so yeah, but you know, and then, you know, you do that play by play. You you go back in time. You're like, what did I do wrong? Or were there signs? Was he just lying? Was he not lying, but also not being forthcoming about how he felt did he ever feel like he needed to do that? Because I didn't put out signs that I thought he was getting serious or could be serious. You know, all these kind of questions.
0: Are you me? You sound like me.
1: I guess so. Uh, but eventually, they all don't really fucking matter, do they? You know? No, yeah. Like, I sent a really long message after I told, you know, I like, he, he sent that message to me on Wednesday. I purposely didn't open it, so it wouldn't say red. Uh, <laughs> but I knew it was there because it was in my lock screen and I got to read the whole thing because it was only like <laughs> two sentences and it just it ruined my day and mm-hmm. then day over. I didn't have any antidepressants left so I was being super cognizant of how all the turmoil in my chest was feeling and what little things like if I could identify what I was feeling and try and trace it back to something or, or try and understand that emotion um which was a kind of cool little thought experiment, but again, very painful. Mm-hmm. Uh and then I, I saw my shrink on Friday or something and we got to talk about it. And on Saturday I felt like I had the words in my head enough to, to adequately express what I was going through. And I gave him this long thing, and I just asked like for information. I was just like, Okay, so what happened? And was I mistaken? Was you know, were you just never into this? What, what? What? Where was the disconnect? I haven't heard anything back from him. That was like a week and a half ago. Um. So, but, you know, fuck it. I yeah, just got to move on. So dating here is really sucky because it took me t- two and a half years until I found someone that I was like that into where I was like, I'll wait for you. You know? So we'll see what happens next. I mean, the nice thing is that I know that there are guys out there that do dig me. Because when I go to New York City, I get a hundred matches on Tinder. (laughs) And I'm like, ah, I have some kind of superficial worth to other people. They at least want to hook up with me. Maybe. Or talk. You know? Yeah. So that's... That's real nice. It's a good little ego boost. And I love New York City, so I feel super re- rejuvenated when I come back home from New York. That's so, nice. Yeah.
0: That's you you, you touched you touched, touched on so many things. Yeah. And it's just like I don't even remember all the things I wanted to say, but like I know, I'm sorry. No, no, no. That like anything I said would pale in comparison to the story you shared for sure. But like <laughs> Just like the idea of just going through life and like wanting to have an experience with somebody Mm -hmm. or something like that. Like, like for me, like I've always been in relationships past 10 years since I started dating seven to eight of them. have been in relationships a lot of time in relationships. And so like... The ego boost of, like, never... Always being able to find someone who would want to be with you, like, Mm -hmm. is good. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I don't have hundreds of things coming in,
1: but, like... Well, that's only New York City. Yes, but but,
0: but the idea of, like, um, I could always find somebody... And that sounds gross to a degree, but it also, it's it's a real, it's real. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that I am a good enough person to where somebody would want to be with me. Mm -hmm. But it's just a matter of finding, and this is true of everybody, both people have to want that. Yeah. And I've only had that a couple, like, like, real, like, once, I've had that once. And that was the two and a half year relationship Mm -hmm. where we were both also, the third thing of many is, like, being in the right place, right mindsets. And being able to grow together, like, that's all, like, that's a a thousand-piece puzzle. Like, that's a couple pieces in this giant puzzle of making something work. Oh, yeah. And so, like, you know, issues in relationship, like, my issues are, like, the past couple situations that I've been in, like, not feeling validated for, you know, being myself. Like, wanting more, wanting this, and, like, feeling bad about it, and just, like...
1: Yeah. Fun yeah. times. With the, with that,
0: relationships are crazy, but yeah. for I guess for me, like I feel like the reward, the potential reward is so good that I'll put up with all the shit that I've put up with. Because I've put up with way more than I should from way more women than I should. And it's mm-hmm. just like I don't know. I'm entering this place where it's just like I don't I I feel like I probably should be a single person. Mm. Um
1: I always advise that for people who are yeah, <laughs> serial monogamous, monogamous. Yeah. monogamers monogamites monogamy preferred serial monogamites monogamites yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I, I my my uh household was split pretty early on so I always spent time listening to both cuz I was the oldest son. Mm-hmm. I spent time listening to both sides a lot. Yep. And um Same. yeah, it's not fun. Yeah. And so that kind of instilled in me, like, this idea that I got to make it work on any t- any chance I get, you know? Oh,
0: that, that was not what I was talking about, but yeah. go ahead, go ahead.
1: Well, so, yeah, I did that, like, with my first girlfriend. And, you know, still not acknowledging the fact that I probably liked guys more than girls and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And so, every time I get into a close relationship with someone, I am in it. And I... If I know I want it, I will do everything in my power to make sure it goes smoothly and not rock the boat. Because I've watched so many of my friends, couple friends, break up and I'm on both sides again, you know?
0: You're me. You're basically me.
1: I talk. Yeah, because, like, we got the experience. We were raised in that shit. Yep. Let me... I'm going to stay friends with uh, Stephanie and Michael, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So... And it sucks, and then you learn about shitty things that uh, one of them has done to the other, and then you kind of got to take a side.
0: Yeah, like, at one point, yeah, like, oh, uh, yeah, golly. My
1: name is. what were you, gonna what were you going to say? I was going to
0: say the whole making it work thing is, is something that has been instilled in me. Yeah. So, like, it's this it's this idea of, um, I'll use one of my listeners as an example. I have talked about it on the show, so, mm-hmm. and she doesn't listen, and it's my experience. So I'm, I, I choose to be vulnerable, and that's my, my life and choice. Um... We dated for six months. Yeah. First two months were magic. Everything, like, it was legitimately the best. I felt validated. She felt good. We spent a a good amount of time, and, like, everyone... There was no fighting, and, like, the sex was good. Mm -hmm. And it was just good. And then she's in grad school, so the semester started, and I started a new job where I'm not getting enough sleep. Mm. And then she needed time away and she's good about communicating our feelings, and all these kind of things pop up, and you're like... Like, for example, and just kind of... An aside, in my two-and-a-half-year relationship, I was able to... We were able to work on things, and she was very receptive to, like, let's work, let's solve this problem, you know? If I have a problem you don't, it's your responsibility in this relationship because you chose to be in it. You've accepted the responsibility that it's now our problem, and we're going to work through it. And I have a very, very high ability to communicate and Mm. work through these things. And so when I found someone who was willing to like, let's sit down and talk and yeah, it's going to take two hours, but at the end of it, we'll both feel great and we'll be able to go back. And remember that time we talked and had this great talk. And yeah, like we do that now to this day. Like so many times we worked through problems and we were there and we support each other. And so to be in this six month relationship, three months in, I'm feeling anxious because you don't give me the validation I need as a partner and you don't want to do anything about it. Mm. Mm but i stay for three more months fighting to get what i honestly cuz again if you, no one knows anyone anything and my uh, my emotional mobility, my emotional well-being, well-being is my responsibility right but if you go into this relationship you've basically agreed to to take on some part of that yeah to the point where if i have a problem in this relationship I want to talk about it, and I want you to. The, and you should work. You should work to do that. If yeah. so I stayed for three months, not getting validation, not get, not feeling supported, loved, wanted, accepted, all those things, and I stayed because you make it work. You do everything you can, no matter what you're feeling. You do everything you can to make it
1: work. Just because those first two months were so amazing.
0: Yeah, and yeah, and yeah that was the thing—the potential. Yeah. You, you you I say this. You check a lot of boxes for somebody mm-hmm. based on other boxes that are rarely checked. You're like, well, they have this, and I'll just go ahead and check that because I'm sure they do that, and then they don't do that.
1: Well, yeah, and, yeah, that's true.
0: And uh, so the idea of being
1: it's you know, hoping that you can check that other box. Really, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's holding it, out. It's like, well, it's
0: you know, they still have this, mm-hmm. you know, you and but then so and then I was in another relationship after that one where it was like. I, it only lasted two months because I didn't get the validation, and she made me feel shitty. And like the fact that I was able to get out of that because it was was a lot better. And it was just like seeing those two. A part of it is like I'm I'm willing to support you. I'll take all your flaws, mm-hmm. and I will find a way to support you. Because if, if you do that for me, then then we have something. Mm-hmm. But when the other person's not willing to do something like that, it doesn't matter how much you want to make it work. And that's this is probably mostly just me talking about things, but I'm sure that I'm no. resonating. It makes sense. Yeah,
1: I think. I'm I'm also thinking of con- comparing and contrasting um different dating styles because you know there are two people and there's probably more than two types of people. Mm-hmm. But very commonly we talk about people who are uh chronically single or always in a relationship. And I think you rarely hear people say you should all, you know, people who are always in a relationship to their single friends, you should just be in a relationship.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, I don't,
1: I don't know if I ever hear that. No, but no, you, it's, hear, you should settle down. You should settle down. But yeah, but then you hear, you like, single. I sell, I tell people who are, have been in relationships for a long time and just got broken up. You know, I was like, be single for a while. You know, just mm-hmm. let it, let it happen. Let it, try it out. And I'm wondering if that's just, you know. Uh, bullshit? Yeah, bullshit and not effective because... Uh, Maybe everyone just has their own way of dating. I see just as many people swiping through shit. Mm -hmm. Maybe, you know, someone might say, well, what if you swiped left on the person that could have been your your soulmate because you you checked them off for this one thing? Well, I was like, well, yeah, that fucking one thing. What am I, you know, Mm -hmm. if I met them in real life, maybe things would have been different. And I would have been able to forgive that if we became friends first and, Mm -hmm. you know, IRL. But fuck it. I want to validate
0: thought that I'm trying to remember what it was of I'm sorry. like no 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 no. don't apologize you were saying fuck the points you made were oh um be single for a while yeah that, that two and a half year relationship that was my most successful relationship and it's probably the only one that didn't start online nice and so like one of my mantras is ball out and people will take notice like if you're just doing your thing people will see you succeeding at your thing and just, like, focused on living life. And they are like, hey, I want to hang out with that person. That's a very, like, weird idea, but just the idea of, like... No, I get even, that. Yeah, and so for right. this one, like, we worked together, and when she first met me, she hated me. But then, like, she got to be around me more because we worked together, and it was like she liked that. And then I saw her one day out and about. I was at work, she wasn't. And she's was like, oh, hey, you should have just messaged me on Facebook. And then we were just texting back and forth, and it was just like... It turned into something. And so for me, it's like, that's kind of why I said I've come to the conclusion that I probably should be that because I feel like that's how I'll meet somebody who is interested in me. Because I see the people who I've found on the internet, they do like me and there is something there, but they don't have the push to like... I want to be with that person, and I'm going to make effort to, yeah. to do that and pursue. And then in hanging out as friends, you see yeah. more of their personality, and you're like, I'm more on board. But with dating apps, there's a lot of pressure. Like, the first time you meet the person, it's a date? Like No, it's not a date. Like, go get coffee and talk and see if you can even stand being around each other kind of thing.
1: I would say just be more is scrupulous, a good word? Scrupulous. I don't even know what that word means. Online dating? Uh, be a little more, you know, uh, judgy.
0: I'm (laughs) 100%. Just be super
1: fucking picky online, Mm -hmm. and then in real life, give people lots of chances. I 100% agree. I guess is one way to think about that. I
0: absolutely feel like that's the way to go.
1: And it's... You'll do just fine, because you got tons of options, my bro. Uh, As a straight dude, I'm just... (laughs) <laughs> throwing that out there so you know don't take it for granted um, if you see a girl and you guys are clicking don't let it flutter away because you're not gonna see that person again mm-hmm. um, you know I I again I'm back in school so I've I'm back around 18 19 20 21 year olds that's the age range maybe mm-hmm. 22 at their seniors college agenda. there is no dating for me in that little no way. i mean there was one there was i i can you know make friends maybe there's a bit like a potential person. of of a like sexual encounter that's not anything younger than 21 though because that's my limit because i want to be able to have a drink with you in a bar uh and also any younger i feel like really gross that's about true. it uh and also as i get older i would not date someone who was that young that's i would true. i'd be okay if like we were both really attracted to each other and something happened. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, but it's hard for me to justify anything like 21 and younger dating wise though. Uh, maybe if they were a movie star, but <laughs> anyways. Yeah. So the, the dating thing is just not happening for me right now, especially in Richmond as a gay guy. So take advantage <laughs> of what you got.
0: I don't even know what that looks like. I don't know. It I sucks. It sucks.
1: No. It, it means getting hit on by forty uh, five year old business owners at a after party for Richmond Fashion Week, <laughs> right after you came out and being terrified.
0: Oh my goodness. And him
1: talking about like you were his new granite. Came out? I was no, I was twenty two. Okay. And him talking about his new granite uh or his marble countertops in this mansion that he lives in in, in Randolph or whatever. And I'm like, Cool dude, not looking for sugar daddy, super intimidated right now. Later <laughs> I didn't even know how to date regular guys. Yeah. You know, I was still dealing with my internalized homophobia and self-image and all that fun shit. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I can, yeah, I mean.
1: Like, imagine being afraid to kiss the person you're on a date with out in public. Uh, Not only because of how you think you might look, but because of retaliation from people who might see it who are homophobes. Like I think about that now I don't give a shit About kissing someone Out in public Like kissing another guy Out in public right now But if I'm in an environment That makes me feel unsafe You know I wouldn't hold hands We probably wouldn't flirt We'd both drop our voices Lower Um,
0: You have a really low voice As is
1: Yeah Well that's good (laughs) <laughs> I don't hear it as low, which is yeah, what yeah. freaks me out when I hear my voice recorded, because I'm like, dumb. God, I sound Nobody like this likes low voice dumbass. You have a great
0: voice. You have a voice. For, you have a voice for this podcast.
1: Well, I appreciate that. I do.
0: <laughs> I can't. It's like the whole like women go outside and are afraid of being raped because that's yeah. real and like that's it is another real. that's another real thing you just like dumped on me. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I never would have thought like, oh, gay people can't have to be aware of that. Like, that's, a thing yeah. you have to, that, that's so thing. When I see gross. a
1: couple holding hands walking down any street in Richmond, I'm like, they're so brave, you know? <laughs> Good for them. Oh, yeah, my God. Absolutely. And, I, and it makes me really happy. And then it also makes me really jealous. Yep. Because I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> Who do I? I'm so alone, you piece of shit. <laughs> it's also why I hate going to the gym, because I'm, you know, you see those guys where you're like, why are you still here? You're done. Get You're out. Done. You, got You're, you got it. You you they the should have, like, canceled your gym membership. <laughs> if you look a certain way, they should not allow you to have a gym membership. You're like people who are built. Yes. Yes. Very much so. Yeah. Only people who are built should never be in the gym, should, is what they, I'm saying. They,
0: there should be a gym for them. No. You have to go to no, the gym. No. Fuck
1: it. Let the, your body needs to de- deteriorate and have a reason <laughs> to go into the gym. But I hate seeing them because I'm like, fuck you, you gorgeous piece of shit. And then I'm, you know, I'm fighting off, uh, my pants from rising and I'm like, God, this is, it's that combination of envy and attraction that is just, um, so toxic.
0: Yeah. That's, um, that's something that I, I mean, going to the gym is just like, I don't know. I feel like this, cause I've been going for about a month over, over a month mm-hmm. consistently. And so like, that's good. It's been nice. And it's just, I've, 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 t- I've luckily taken the pressure off to like, just the expectations are just like, just go. That's it. Whatever happens happens. So yeah. like, but I I have been through that before and it's just like it does make it very difficult to like go and feel like those things.
1: About once a year or once every two years I go back into the gym trying to make it happen. And it's I just give up eventually. That's why I picked up soccer again last year, and then I got hurt and uh and then I came back into it this summer. Um so, you know, I need something to like take my mind off the fact that my body hates me and is screaming for me to stop, you know, while I'm doing it, exercise. Oh, yeah, yeah. And being in the gym when my body's telling me that and I'm in so much pain and I'm suffering and I'm around people who are gorgeous and I'm worried about, like, being judged and all this shit and, like, is my form okay? How skinny do my arms look right now? And all, you know, all the fucking social anxiety. I hate the gym. Yeah. Absolutely hate it. So soccer is a nice thing. I get to chase a ball around. I don't think about, you know, I'm, I'm trying to focus on tactics and, and my first touch and all that kind of stuff. So Did you, did you
0: play in high school?
1: I did. Yeah, I, I, I played from, like, three to fifth grade. Okay. And then in middle school I joined band. Yep. And I was like, band's going to take so much of my time. I don't have time for soccer. <laughs> As a 12-year-old going into middle school, trying to, like, <laughs> conserve my time, but also I wasn't great at it, so I was like, "Ah, I'll just kind of drop it, too. But it's also, yeah, I don't have the time. And then in high school, I saw those dudes with some sweet jackets on, and I was like, I want one of those. A Letterman jacket? Uh, the soccer jackets were oh, cooler man. than Letterman oh, okay, jackets. Okay. They were uh, these really cool windbreakers uh, with patches on them and stuff, oh, and a nice cool. color scheme. And I was like, I want one of those. I'll join the soccer team. I tried out my first year in high school, and um, I was one of the two people that didn't get chosen for any team. Oh,
0: no. And then I tried
1: out each year after that and uh, never got picked. But I I joined rec soccer again
0: and started playing. That's the saddest thing.
1: It's all right. I also learned... um, So, like, I have had asthma all my life, and when I was doing... You do conditioning before tryouts because they want to get people ready for tryouts and ready for the season. And a lot of their players are going to, you know, be there in conditioning and most of them will make it onto the team. So it's not a waste of anyone's time. Mm-hmm. And you do that in January before spring. So it's cold out. I'm running mm-hmm. a lot. I hadn't run in years. Cold? cold Virginia cold? Well, yeah. I mean, at 50s to 40s, to sometimes in the 30s during the daytime. Remember. Okay that's right you lived in utah sorry that's totally different utah louisiana shit like that yeah so yeah it's it was it was not good for my lungs little did we know we had just adopted a dog in ninth grade and i'd come home wheezing and like coughing stuff up my asthma was kicking in three years later i get tested for allergies dogs dogs so i was out, the reason I was out for a week every school year after conditioning was not because of the asthma, which we were trying to treat really hard. <laughs> it was because I was allergic to my fucking dog. Oh, no. And I'd come home and, she, and you know, she'd lick me and, I'd, and yeah. I'd, you know, love I'm, her. I'm tired. Let me still to breathe her in to my, f- my, all the dandrift and, or whatever, um... D- oh. it's, it dander. Dander. Pet,
0: pet dander? Pet
1: dander. Right. And it would destroy my lungs and I couldn't compete, so... Fun, fun times trying to play soccer. But it's been really nice going back to it, even though. Just playing casually. Yeah, yeah, I'll get. I get my ass kicked though. Like.
0: Do you do you play with the people who are playing?
1: I just joined a league, but oh. uh, coalition. We do Sundays um, at some of the parks over here. We just really? get together and casually kick the ball around. And I
0: had no idea. People
1: who don't like to run, we don't run as much. You know.
0: What about what time is that?
1: At one p.m. Awesome. And we'll be Which at times? Mary Munford. Uh, one to one to three PM. that's, so that's
0: the worst time. Some uh, football's on.
1: Well, you just got to drop that terrible sport that you like. <laughs> Shots Sorry.
0: fired. Yeah,
1: dude, follow the real football, the one where you actually use your feet. To I,
0: I I play soccer. I love soccer. I know. Oh, I really? Love fo- I love football. Nice. I was a kicker for football. Ah. So I I love kicking shit.
1: Yeah, I love this game though. Even though I sucked ass on my first couple of games in this league, because there are dudes there that definitely played in college. I can't
0: play with leagues. Soccer leagues? No way.
1: Well, it's a co-ed league, and it's rec. So it's the lowest tier in this like, ten-tier pyramid system for um, for this local thing, and I was still blown away at some of the skill that some people had. Yeah. And felt really bad that my stamina gave out at maybe minute Fifty. <laughs>
0: That's still that's so good. And though. I was
1: jogging around trying to keep up afterwards.
0: I would slide tackle too much. I would, in high school, I was nice. a slide tackler. Nice. Wow. Yeah. I would just. I had
1: these. Dangerous.
0: I had these giant shin guards. Did
1: you get to play in um, high school? Like mm-hmm. varsity? Yep. Junior varsity? I started
0: right D. Nice. Because I was tenacious. Yeah. And I would like just I would slide miss if I missed, then I would get right Right. back up and slide again, and usually get it. But like, because you know you have the the small like thin ones, I had chunky big ones, so my leg and my legs are huge. Yeah. So I'd have these like just like this really intimidating
1: like. You didn't feel any like. Fright at all? Zero, Going zero in. hesitation. Sacrifice the body. No, all cause, the way.
0: Also, because I probably didn't know that there was danger. Yeah, like I still probably. I don't wouldn't. know
1: how to slide tackle.
0: I would destroy kids. Damn. Like I, 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 don't. I didn't take pleasure in injuring somebody. But when people were afraid or something, that was like the good thing. And just like they like
1: bail from the ball well before you're even there.
0: <laughs> and so then sometimes you. It was just. It was that was. I'm very aggressive, like mm-hmm. sports player. So like I would. I get too into it, so, like, when I play pickup or rack or something like that, like, people don't like that. So, I like, I have to stick to, like, football where you play between whistles and stuff like that, because mm-hmm. it's really easy to, like, do stuff like that. So, like, oh, man, sports, I would love to play soccer, but just probably just casually. And,
1: yeah. No, come around. It's just, uh, just in a circle. I still got my cleats, so. Like, the ball around, yeah. We, uh, we set up some goalposts, shoot it at it.
0: I'll come out, I'll come out in the Steelers' bye week. <laughs> They won't miss their game. Nice. Or if they just play the, a night game.
1: Is that when football always is? Is during the. September to January. I mean, in the uh, time slot?
0: Yeah. So the first game's at one, and then the second game's, game started at
1: four. Wow. So professional. NFL. Man, yeah. yeah, it's
0: alright. Aren't
1: they trying to, just, like, spread out into more of the week like there's monday thursday friday no now they're doing saturday no friday and saturday okay but monday and thursday happen a lot now
0: monday's always been a thing thursday's more of a newer thing and they're trying to make it big yeah they're trying to like really sell but like it's the worst and the thing that sucks is like they schedule the worst games for thursday night Mm. so they're, they're not doing a good job but like
1: why are they trying to make thursday a thing more money okay
0: they, they should they really should branch out, but it's also like it does a lot of like player safety like having yeah. three days to recover like yeah instead just, of a whole week yeah, that's like, terrible yeah it, there's a lot of controversy
1: I mean I get I was I've been getting bruises um, from playing soccer and I'm just like I don't even remember hitting anybody there <laughs> uh, yeah, and soccer's not a super high contact sport well but. for you. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. No, uh, well, I did, you know, bust my ankle up last summer.
0: That was the injury.
1: Yeah, you wanna know who did it? Who? Bob. No, <laughs> I thought he felt so bad. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. He, Bob and I were going for the ball, and I was defending, and he was attacking. And he's a big dude. Yeah, he's tall. And he's, he's a, you know, like he he's scary. not afraid to use his body when we play soccer, which is great. Yeah, you know, makes it more fun, more serious, and mm-hmm. stuff. But it just rained the night before, and it was really sunny out, really nice and hot. We thought, this is good grass right now. I didn't have real cleats. I had, like, indoor shoes that had little studs. Mm-hmm. And there was a muddy patch right in front of the goal. So we're both going for the ball. And I think my foot goes down first, and Bob's goes on top of mine. And his he's right here, and my momentum's going this way. But our feet are going this way. And so my ankle goes like this. Rolls. Yeah, I think it rolled like that did it break no it was a high ankle sprain though and i was just in so much pain i was like what happened i have no idea what's going on and uh bob and um elliot and august took me to patient first and i was on crutches for how long i'm sure a while four weeks four six weeks Maybe a Only minimum, months, yeah, yeah, or or yeah, six to eight weeks on crutches. Uh, they wanted me in a be in a boot, and I didn't do that. And I should have done physical therapy a lot sooner than I did too. Uh, but that happened in like June or July when my yeah, that's right. I had, to quit, I had to quit a job early. That was a very physical job, and I was trying to oh. ease out of that job. It was a delivery driver job and go into Ubering more consistently. And then I got that injury, and it just threw everything out of whack. And my whole summer plans were destroyed. And I went to do physical therapy in, like, November. It was... So, yeah, just getting back out there now. Um, the ironic thing is that this is a, the stronger ankle than my left one now. My left one is loose, loosey-goosey, and I, I keep, like, minorly injuring it because I didn't get the training that I did with physical therapy and the muscle buildup.
0: Just because we're talking about it? Yeah. Whenever I start running anything, I have, like, t- two seconds of ankle stiffness. And oh, I have wow. tendonitis in, I think, my left ankle from have kicking.
1: you tried uh, doing some good stretches before? No. Good ankle stretches? I stretch very rarely. Why?
0: Because I'm terrible.
1: Okay. No. Well, just do that. <laughs> or, like, warm it up before you go out. Like, put, some, uh, really put so. some heat packs on it, and then it'll feel a little more limber. I guess but you don't want to be too limber because that's when you injure yourself
0: yeah it's usually just the first few steps of running and then I'm good
1: okay I don't
0: know well how do you feel about this it's been two hours
1: okay nice how do you feel good well I feel like we covered a lot yeah. we started in creative stuff and we just went into life stuff
0: and I, I think I only had to, put, to be the host once other than I was just talking
1: yeah yeah I mean yeah I just tried to keep it going <laughs>
0: did, did, but did it feel natural
1: yeah plenty that, that's what we go for. This is a cool setup.
0: Thanks, man. Yeah. It's, um like I said, I really wanted to be very... <laughs> I wanted to be very intentional, mm-hmm. but I didn't want it to... Because the first time I... The first two episodes was my friend Tom, because mm-hmm. it was before I did improv. So, like, we, the first one we recorded on my patio, yeah. and the second one I did in, in a his house in North Carolina. And so then I took a break, started improv, and I started asking my classmates to do the show. And then... I, had, I did two of them on one day, and I had, like, I had to bring, like, my kitchen table into my room, and, okay. like, it was a pain setting it up, and so I bought the arms, and I'm like, let's, let's be intentional. Let's set this up so that I don't have to, I can just bring somebody, and all I had to do is, because that table's only really over there, because nice. my room's a small, and I have weird shit, but just, like, thought that's all I have to do to set it up, and then, like, these mics just stay here the whole time. So, like, for me, it's just being... just turn on the
1: program and press record.
0: It's a little bit of a pain. It took me a lot of work to figure out how to get it to do this.
1: Is this GarageBand? mm
0: mm-hmm. Nice. But getting it to record at the same time and
1: also, like, getting yeah. the mini... GarageBand is weird. It's really complicated. I don't know why they make it so, like... Like, screw Like, just fucking make it simple. I, you could run Pro Tools easier than you run GarageBand. There Garage are Band.
0: so many things I'm sure I could do to improve the audio on this show. Yeah different like i i try i for 1 minute i was like what if i did a noise gate i'm like you know what fuck it like
1: <laughs> on, can't man. even do a noise gate just fuck do, that just, shit
0: it's 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 so, it is so complicated and like i just i'd rather just whatever the quality is i'm getting all the sound mm-hmm. and it is what it is
1: were we talking about uh guitar center has um Oh, I was. We were talking. Yeah, I was
0: Texting when that. When okay. That happened.
1: Guitar Center has free lessons that you can go into on Saturday mornings and just learn about shit. And that's how I learned how to get around on GarageBand.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah, I'm sure they have a producing lesson that you can go to, and um, they'll tell you all the ins and outs of the software. And you, they might. It might be stuff you already know. It might be some little things that are fun to know, and it might be some big stuff. You know.
0: Interesting. Um, well, that is something I'm probably going to look into because I want to learn how to be a better producer. Um, I like to end the show by asking my guests, what is the, I say weirdest, but then I feel like that puts a negative connotation on it, so I kind of leave it open to interpretation. What's the weirdest thing in my room What that you notice Because I'm sure being in here, you stared at some shit, and what's what sucks is you're facing one way, yeah. and you're missing the stuff behind you, but just in general, like, what do you see?
1: Uh... I didn't want to bring it up during the podcast because I didn't want to call you out, but I see that fidget spinner right there. <laughs> oh two.
0: two! Oh god! I have a third one somewhere.
1: You it, release them both with one hand each. They're both sitting so comfortably between your index fingers. Oh my god! You're doing tricks. <laughs> oh Jesus! I, um,
0: this one I actually got before the craze. I got it for Easter. Uh-huh. My mom got it for me. I had never heard of it. Interesting. And then so
1: that's an OG fidget spinner. Mm-hmm. Before all those. First edition. First edition, yeah. Spins like no, like there's no tomorrow. Yep. Pretty wobbly, not very stable.
0: <laughs> and then um, my family came into town on actually this past Saturday, and they had them for sale for two bucks. Oh so yeah, I bought another one.
1: They were like eight or twelve dollars at some places, and now they're down to a buck and a half. They're like, bucks. we
0: have so many, we have to get rid of them. Yeah. Yeah. So we just we bought a couple, and you know, because I like the color. Have black, you
1: seen though. the ones that are like gears that? Turn you don't have a gear one.
0: Is it, is it, oh, gears are like gears. But, uh,
1: like the middle one is a gear, and it's like nine gears because it's three by three, and they all turn around the middle one.
0: No way. They're
1: all connected through some kind of no, latch I've system. Never, it's I've never ridiculous. It's like the if you want to, I don't think even it spins that fast, but it just you know they just tick it's, tick 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 tick. That sounds cool.
0: I also have a cube somewhere.
1: Fidgets cube. Mm-hmm. You mean like a Rubik's cube? Oh yes, no, yeah, that's this also is the thing. yes. I had this before the spinner. Good, I'm happy for you because that it, I loved that thing when I saw it on on Kickstarter, and I was like, this is fucking brilliant and so exactly. so smart and so good for people that need it. No, and it was and then everyone's like, oh my god, I gotta get this Fidget Cube. <laughs> I just gotta
0: explain something cool. Well, my disk is gonna fill up, so okay, I and I don't know how to naturally like. Just end it.
1: You can. You could. You could write a thing. Be oh, like I, I want I- to thank blah blah blah, <laughs> yada yada. All my sponsors. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening. It's nice to have you. Thanks. Nice to be here. Boom. Cool. That's it. Thank you. <laughs>